0: Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, every Thursday, we drop a member show for members only to the website. So go ahead, check it out, theconfessionalspodcast.com slash join. You'll get access to the Thursday shows, the Tuesday shows ad free and overtime segments when they are available. And it's all right there on the Confessionals Members Appy. So go ahead, check that out. Also, friends, check out The Shape of Shadows. It's the new film we just came out with. It's available only on Merkle.media, coming to Amazon. Apple TV, Tubi, and more very soon. But right now it's only available on Merkle.media. So if you've been wanting to watch that and you keep forgetting, go ahead, check it out. Merkle.media slash stream dash now, or just go to the website Merkle.media and click around. You'll find it. Don't worry about it. All right. Today we have L.A. Marzulli coming on the show. L.A. Marzulli was here for episode 18, I believe it was, when I first started. I was very grateful he came on the show he was here for episode 200-something, and now he's here for episode 600-something. We need to bring him on a little bit you know, more regular than what we've been, but he is back today because he has a film out talking about cattle mutilations and how he believes this is fallen angel technology, and that's why I called this episode Fallen Angel Operations because of the double meaning. We have fallen angels performing operations on cattle, and it's a covert operation, and he explains why in this episode, so let's get to it right now. All right. Today we have returning guest, L.A. Marzulli. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Tony. Appreciate it. Man, listen, I, I was uh, driving into the office today and I was thinking about this interview and how I got connected with you. And I, I might have said this before on the show, but I just find it really, it, it's it's really a good story. Um, I, I had just started my podcast and I was at the dinner table at my parents' house and we were talking about it. And I was probably about 10 episodes in. And um, my dad, who I'm just now, I was just then discovering that he was into the weird things like me, like Nephilim and Bigfoot. <laughs> I had no idea. The guy drives around listening to Coast to Coast all night long. I had no clue. <laughs> and he, uh, we're talking about this stuff. Cause I thought I was going to like have a, have an upward, you know, battle going with my family at, at dinner table. I was thinking like, I'm going to tell them I'm doing this podcast. We can talk about this crazy stuff. My dad's like, Oh yeah, I'm all about it. And he's the one who's like, you know, who you should have on the show, Ellie Marzulli. And I was like, all right, noted, but I doubt he's going to come on my show. I shot you an email within like an hour or two. You shot me back and you're like, yeah, let's do it. And I, I no, you said, sure, let's do it. I'll never forget those words because I was stunned. I was like, what? And it, it was one of those things where, it, I mean, I'm I'm over 600 episodes now. I've been doing this for seven years. Like I, I've been doing it for a long time now. But when I just started, I had no idea what I was doing. And, and I ask you, <laughs> I ask you, um, you know, if you want to come on the show, you say sure, let's do it. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, but now what? What do I do? Like, <laughs> and so I remember when we first started talking, I had no idea where the conversation was going to go. I was just like, please let this go well. And it went went good enough that we actually have that first uh, interview clips of it in our show intro for the last however many years now. So, um, wow, yeah, you've been uh, enshrined in the in the legendary intro. Everybody loves our intro song, so. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that's how this all started for you and I, and I think the last time you were on the show was episode 200 something, so uh, wow. you, you're, you're due for another one. So um, I'm really glad you're here, and uh, if you could, before we get too far off into conversation, uh, the audience has changed and grown a lot since last time you were here, so if you could just introduce yourself to the audience, let them know who you are and what you're all about.
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Ellie Marzuli, Elliemarzuli.net, 13 books. Uh, 26, no, 27 films, and we're working on 28 and 29. Uh, we've got, we, at the end of the year, we'll have nine films on the UFO phenomena. There are eight on, on the trail of a Nephilim, which deal with the giants and the megalithic structures all over the place. The 11 films in the Watchers series, which all over the map, everything from the Shroud of Torin to black eyed kids to near death experiences. So there are, there are 27 films, uh, in that, you know, corpus of, of work there. Uh, at, and as I said, by the end of the year, we'll have 30, which is, you know, really ambitious. 13 books. I'm working on number 14. And um, that's basically
0: all you need to know. So yeah. la marzulli.net, and there it all is. That's an, it's incredible. How can somebody have so much to say? You know, like I, I, I you spent your entire life studying this stuff, and so, uh, thirteen books. That's how. You know, uh, it, it's it's one of those things where you've been doing this for a long time, and uh, recently this year you came out with a film, and you're working on some more. But you came out with a film about the cattle mutilations, and that's a topic of conversation that I don't think gets hit on enough, and also. Um, the different aspects of it. I think a lot of times people generally just go to, oh, it's government. It's a, it's a it's a government conspiracy. The, the human beings are sucking blood out of animals, and 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 maybe, but I don't know if it's if it's all that. So if you could just let you know, launch us into this conversation. What do you know about the cattle mutilations, and what have you been finding out?
1: Well, we did a deep dive on it. Uh, my business partner and I, Gil Zimmerman, um, we were in touch with Chuck Sukowski, who's sort of a tentpole, the mainstay of the entire film when we flew out to colorado and we interviewed chuck and then chuck was responsible for getting us a couple of interviews one with a rancher out there rancher miller who lost um i believe 16 head of cattle uh to the mutilations and uh, we interviewed him a very exclusive interview we've got lots and lots of gory pictures people can look at it's one of the darkest films if not the darkest film it, it's the darkest film I've ever worked on. There's no doubt about that. The darkest film. There's no happy ending. There's no come to Jesus moment. There's no moment in the film where you go, ah, oh, okay, I see. It's not that. It's like it's a descent into Hell's Kitchen, essentially, is what it's like. And you, you we're looking, we're in the belly of the beast, and it's, uh, it's, it's no fun. As far as the government, the government has nothing to do with this. Um, law enforcement has come out. Looked at these things. Um, who we, we believe we know who's doing it. Um, it's deliberate. It's, it's evil. Um, it's being used for, we'll get into that later for very bizarre purposes. There's an agenda here. It's ongoing. It's never, it's never waned at all. It's ongoing. It's at the point where some of the ranchers don't even report the mutilations anymore because it becomes so common. And so a basic cattle mutilation is fictitious, you know, I'll just give you a sort of a thumbnail sketch. Sure. So a rancher's got let's say 100 head of cattle, which is a lot of cattle. And he's on about 1400 acres and so he moves the whole herd with a maybe with a a jeep or a, a four-wheeler or a, uh you know whatever. And he's out there and he's just uh moving the head of cattle from one pasture to another, and he closes the gate, and it's like 5 o'clock at night, and the herd's there, and they're, it's all good, nothing nothing to see, nothing unusual. But as he closes the gate, he's, his, his attention is, is um, uh, d- caught by some lights in the sky, which are over about two miles away, and they're moving very fast and sort of erratically, and they disappear. Kind of, you know, wonders what that was, but shrugs it off and doesn't think about it. Gets on his his quad runner and goes back to the ranch house. sits down, has a nice dinner with his wife. You know, reads a book at night, goes to bed, wakes up the next morning, hops back up on the quad runner, and drives out to the same field where the where the check on his his cows. He gets in there and he notices that the herd has moved over to the far end of the pasture. And near him, about 50 yards away, is one cow laying on its side. So immediately, that's predator. What's going on here? So he opens up the gate. He drives in, goes up to the cow, gets out. He's about 20, 30 feet away. And as he gets closer to the cow, he realizes that something's really wrong here. And as he gets up to the cow, he realizes that the cow has been mutilated, but it doesn't look like it's done by a wild animal. There's no blood on the ground, absolutely none. There are no footprints on the ground, not one. No footprints, no blood, no footprints. And then as he begins to inspect the the carcass, um it looks like around the eye has been completely cored out and taken. All the flesh from the jaw has been stripped with surgical precision. The um the udders of the calf of the cow have been surgically removed, the sex organs surgically removed and taken. And then he obviously freaks out and he realizes that there's no blood anywhere. So he calls his wife and his kids, and you know, his kids are like early teenagers. They come out and look at it, they're freaked out. Calls a vet, vet comes out, he looks at it, and he says, Wow, this is really strange. There's no blood in the animal at all. No blood. The, the, the animal has been drained of blood. No footprints, no no blood on the animal, no blood anywhere on the scene and no blood in the animal. So they call law enforcement law enforcement comes out and and they go, yeah, we've we've heard about these. This is my first one that I've ever seen. Very strange and and of course, you know they well, maybe it's a predator and the veterinarian's still there. no, it's not a predator. Look at the cuts predators can't do this, predators can't drain the animal of blood. And if it was a predator, we would see wounds and gaping wounds and blood everywhere. And we would see footprints all around the animal. There's none of that here. And so that's the classic catamutilation. And it's been going on for decades. I remember when I saw the film by Linda Moulton Howell years ago, decades ago, Strange Harvest, I was, I could watch 10, 15 minutes of it at a time turn it off it's like whoa because it's so dark and disturbing it's really dark and really disturbing and to to circle back it's it's looking at hell's kitchen in my opinion there's nothing there's no happy ending here so that's essentially what a thumbnail sketch of a catamutilation is
0: yeah it, it's it's something that's I think captures people's imagination and it's it's doused in mystery because of the perplexing surroundings of the topic. Uh, there's, It's almost like um, it's like when you ask somebody who maybe doesn't look into this stuff as much as we do, you know, who built the pyramids? And they're like, well, you know, that's a good question because we're still trying to figure out how those things were built. And it's the same thing with this where we look at the cattle mutilations. We're like, well, that's a good question because we're still trying to figure out how the, the blood was taken out of the body and how this is even possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible because we're seeing it right before our eyes, but we have no idea how it's being done. Um, you mentioned about the the lights in the sky before the uh, the the experience with the cow. Uh, are those two things related in your mind? Yeah, they are. It's this is the
1: same people who are abduct the same entities who are abducting people, taking them kidnapping them, raping them, taking the seed from the men, the sperm from the men and the ovum from the women. There is a breeding program. We are the only research team that I'm aware of. We've connected the dots between the UFO phenomena and what the cattle mutilations are. Why? Look, when you take a cow and you mutilate it, if you were a friendly space brother, and I, I had a discussion with Chuck Sukowski about this, and Chuck goes, well, maybe they're returning it to the field because, you know, they've taken the cow and now we're just trying to do the right thing in return. I go, Chuck, you know, what are you smoking? I mean, are you kidding me? They've destroyed the animal. They've sucked all the blood out of it. They've surgically removed certain parts of the animal. And you're telling me that they're, they're somehow benevolent because they're dropping it back in the field? No. This isn't this is like this is in your face. They're basically flipping you off. They're giving you the bird. Yeah. They're going, hey, we can come and go. We move with impunity. I hope you're really scared because you should be, because we can do this to you. That's what they're doing here. Make no mistake about it. And there have been human mutilations. Really? Which are exactly Yeah, have been. Not many, but there are there are some. Wow. We we covered, we talked about that. Chuck at the end of the film talks about in Canada, uh, a Mountie, basically their version of the highway patrol is driving and there's a car on the side of the road. He goes over to it. There's a woman slumped over the wheel like this, knocks on the window, no response, you know, calls the coroner, coroner comes out, ambulance comes out, the private door open. They look at the woman and as the coroner begins to examine her, um, you know, taking off, looking at her, her entire area like this has been completely surgically removed, cored out, no blood in the, in the chest area has been completely cored out. A mutilation, human mutilation. Wow. That's just one. I've know of two others that, that I know of that happened. So it's, it's not, it's, it's very, it's not rare. Well, it is rare. It's rare. It doesn't happen all the time, but they do the same thing to the humans as they do to the cow. So, these entities move with impunity. They take what they want. Um, people have seen craft. People have actually seen cows being lifted in the field in into the ship. so it's it's and what again, our research we have probably by the time we air this, well we we have six films ready now. By the end of the year, we'll have nine films. Probably seven and eight, probably eight of them will be released. The ninth one will be released probably the end of January, February, maybe. I'm not sure. It just, but it'll be done by the end of the year. But seven and eight deal with Roswell and and what happened at Roswell, which is another another topic for another time we can get into. But we believe we've connected the dots, and we're the only team that we're aware of that's ever connected the dots. So So here's the deal. Let me just run this by you. Um, the abduction phenomena, which is number four in our series, is real. Men and women are taken when they're very young, five and six years old. They're abducted. They go through the window, they go through the ceiling, and they go through the wall. That's a future physics. They all say the same thing. They're terrified. Um, they wake up in the morning, sometimes outside. Their parents will put locks on the doors, locks on the windows next morning. Or a couple of mornings later, there they are back outside of Milan again. How does that happen? They're terrified. They're alone. There's no one believes what's going on. Who would believe them? And especially with the, with the girls, with the women, they are groomed all day long. They are groomed. They have a handler who is a, uh, a fallen entity that can shapeshift and appear as a human, but that's not really what they are. How do we know this? Because we have two witnesses talk about the same thing. One is a Christian and has gotten out of the phenomena. Karen Wilkinson, who is the tentpole of number four in our film, who was abducted when she was six years old. The other one, I won't mention her name, doesn't know the Lord, and they're still being taken and abducted. Both of these women, no collusion between them, tell the same story. There's a handler who looks like a a man, but he's not a man. And uh, eventually, they're raped by the handler. They're raped by the handler. And in the in the one case, um, she has a child by him, and and willingly does it. And the other case with Karen, no, she's raped. You know, she's absolutely raped. And and it's 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 in front of a whole group of entities, which they they do this deliberately because these people are terrified. Absolutely terrified. Mm. So we know that the women, and Karen talks about this in her book, which which we're proud to publish, Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. But she also um she also is uh the tent pole in our number four in our film on abductions. And Karen once again was taken at a very early age, six years old. So when she reaches puberty, the the abductions happen more frequently finally when she's around 19 20 she's impregnated and she knows she's she's impregnated she's pregnant and she goes to the obgyn and there's a heartbeat and the whole deal there's the child in the womb at the third month she wakes up one morning and she knows something is wrong she goes to the emergency room and there's no fetal tissue there's no heartbeat there's no nothing it's like the, the baby is completely taken from her. And, and the, the doctor's in the emergency room, well, are you sure you were pregnant? And Karen goes, well, you can ask my doctor, my OBGYN. Um, yeah, we saw the heartbeat. I was pregnant. When that entity is taken from from Karen or from another woman at the third month of pregnancy, it needs it just can't live outside the womb because it's, still, it's very immature. But it's it's half, you know fallen angel, because that's what it is. It's a hybrid. It's a modern day Nephilim. It's a hybrid. It's part earthly human women, but it's also a um the genetic makeup of the other side. Before I give you the punchline of the catamutilation, let me back up. If we don't understand the Genesis 315 narrative in the biblical prophetic. In our Bibles, in the guidebook of the supernatural, our Bibles. I call the Bible the guidebook of the supernatural because that's what it is. So Genesis 3.15 states it's in the garden. you got Adam and Eve over here. you got the dragon over here. Adam and Eve have just sided with the dragon. That's why they've taken on the attributes of the dragon. That's where sin enters the race through Adam. That's where death, they embrace death, and death comes into the human race, to the entire planet. Never supposed to be here, and so you've got the pre-incarnate Christ, and the and Jesus tells the dragon, your seed, your offspring will be at war in enmity with the seed, the offspring of the woman, the one coming from the woman, the proto-evangelium, which is the first prophecy in the Bible. The Messiah will crush your head; you will bruise his heel. That is the gateway to the entire rest of the biblical prophetic narrative. That's why Genesis 15 is so it's imperative that we understand the Genesis 3.15 narrative. Because once we understand that, then the rest of the Bible opens up and we understand what what the seed war is about, who the Nephilim were, why the mandate comes out to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, why the Tower of Babel, they confuse the languages, why the children of Israel go up against the seed of the dragon, because that's what's there. It's the the full-blown Genesis 3.15 narrative. And there it is. It's, it's about to unfold when Joshua and Caleb go into the promised land, because you have the seed of the woman. You've got the 12 tribes there, the seed of Abraham. Out of your seed, all the nations of earth will be blessed. But they don't know what tribe the Messiah is going to come from. They don't know that yet. They don't know it yet, even though it's there in prophecy. They don't know it. So the 12 tribes are there, and the Nephilim tribes are in the Promised Land, the Zanzimim, the Emims, the Anakim, the Nephilim, the Raphaim. They're all the Horites. They're all there. So it's the seed war fully manifesting. The war is, is about to happen. Joshua and Caleb, the seed of the woman, is about to go in uh, to, and fight the seed of the dragon. And guess who wins? It's, it's unbelievable when you look at Scripture like that. It, it opens it up in a way that I'm sure you've never heard of but it's the seed war that's that on that field of battle is is the progeny of the dragon and the progeny of the seed of the woman right there and the churches don't teach it because they don't get it because they don't go back to genesis 3:15 now the seed war is gone on it's going on daniel chapter 2 verse 43 tells us that the, the book is going to be sealed up until the last days, till the latter days. Seal up the book, Daniel, in, the, until the time of the end. That's what the angel tells Daniel. And then he gives us a supernatural clue of what the time of the end will look like. Men and women will run to and fro over the face of the earth. Knowledge will increase. So now we know what it's going to look like. As we are speaking, Tony, men and women run to and fro over the face of the earth via, via the airplane. Yeah. Knowledge increases exponentially. We're here in the last days. The book of Daniel opens up. Chapter 2, verse 43, what does it say? Their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to them. Let's walk through it. Who are they? It's not the seed of men, so who are they? goes back to Genesis 3.15. Their seed, mingling of the seed. Cleave, that's the work of Jim Willemson, cleave is the same word that we get in the Genesis account of a man leaving his mother and father and cleaving to his wife. It's a marriage contract. Well, there's no cleaving, there's no marriage contract. Welcome to the modern-day abduction phenomena, where Karen Wilkinson, who wrote the book and is in our film, circling back now, to where I, I left off before this this great rabbit trail I just went I down, but so so Karen is is taken and abducted. The seed of the dragon goes into her. The seed is mingling, but there's no marriage contract with Karen. They're just taking what they want. She's been taken. That's kidnapping, and she's been raped. And now they've come and they've taken the entity from her womb. But it's only the third month of gestation. So that child, that entity, I don't pref- I don't want to call it a child because it's a modern day Nephilim. It's a mingling of the seed. Their seed will mingle with the seed of men. It's it's Daniel chapter 2 verse 43 all day long. That's what we're looking at. So the entity is removed from the woman. The entity is removed from the woman. It's got to go someplace. Bovine blood, cow blood, can be used in human transfusions. Mm. That's a medical fact. That's a medical fact. I'll say it again. Bovine cow blood can be used in human transfusions. They are taking the material from the cow, and they are creating artificial wombs, and that entity is placed in the artificial womb.
0: That is. Wild. There's no happy
1: ending here, Tony. There's no happy ending.
0: Now I understand no happy ending. <laughs> so uh, that that is absolutely wild, and it's something that I have uh, been trying to wrap my mind around. A lot of things you're saying here, uh, I'm tracking with you on. Uh, and when right. it, when it comes to the the cattle mutilation aspect of things, I, you know, my mind goes, you know. Two, three, four different ways on it, and because I've never studied it and stuff, I just talk to people who've had experiences and things like that. And I'm trying to understand why what whatever is doing this. Because I mean, anybody can say this is not natural, so it's not a natural phenomenon. Uh, it's a very targeted thing, and anybody can say you know um, that it's not natural. But what I'm trying to wrap my mind around was why, like the why. So if something is doing this, what's the reason, you know? And it never made sense to me. Like, like I said, in the beginning of the show, how people uh, will say, oh, well, it's the government, it's the military, you know, black ops, all this stuff. I'm like, why? Like you, you can, you can grow your own cows on, on a off, you know, a, a black site and yeah. you know, do whatever you want. How are you doing it? It? Yeah. Like, like there's right. no reason for it to be military government activity. And it's not going to be the private sector. Somebody would have somebody would have said something like oh that was me just like the crop circle stuff. People like there's an ego involved there that people wouldn't be able to let go. And mm-hmm. I've been looking at the the idea of interdimensional entities, interdimensional beings and traditionally speaking people when they think interdimensional beings they think ghosts, they think demons, and when they think about those things, they think very immaterial. They think something that's not physical, but more uh, your, your, your Hollywood ghostly see-through because it, it, it can walk through walls. So, But the, there's a very real physical aspect to this interdimensional process. And what you're laying out there just shows it because they're, 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 they're growing humans in human wombs for a set period of time. They extract those physical bodies and they take them— into another realm where they're creating meat sacks for these babies to grow in that are coming from these cows. That's what you're saying. Exactly. They're, they're,
1: instead of meat sack, use artificial wombs because that's what they are. And, and we, are, we are constructing artificial wombs here on earth for humans. So we're, we're doing it, but they've been doing it for decades. They've been doing it for decades. And then the hybrid entity is birthed on the ship and this is why they're they're completely and they're hybrids and this is why you see this is conjecture now because you know you can't sit down with a fallen angel and go, well excuse me Beelzebub, uh, in your opinion you know I mean you, you can't do that they're not that's not going to happen but this is why we see a progression in the 90s, the hybrid children were stunted in growth. they looked more alien than human. They had stringy, blondish hair and large eyes. Then in the 2000s, early 2000s, we got the black-eyed kids. They're short and stocky with large black eyes, but they look more human than they do alien. And then finally, with Al Matthews and Dr. David Jacobs, we have the hybrids that can pass. They can pass as fully human. They look human, they act human, but they're not human. And this is where we are.
0: All right, let's take a second and talk about our sponsor this week, which is HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit company. Listen, do you guys get to the point where you are doing a grocery list, you're preparing for shopping, and it's kind of like, ho hum, I'm tired of doing this? Like almost like recipe boredom. Like you don't even want to think about it. Like you're tired of the same old thing. You don't want to get that, but you really don't even know where to turn. You're like, I don't know what to do. It's like you're in this mental block. That's why HelloFresh is here for you. And that's why HelloFresh is a good idea because you will never have that again. And you'll have the best recipes and best hard-hitting flavor food on your dinner table that you could possibly have anyways. So you need to use HelloFresh if you're one of those people that are completely bored with your grocery shopping list because this is the solution for you and you'll save money in the process. Also, it's getting to be that time of year where we're right around the corner of the new year and everybody wants to lose weight. Everybody wants to start watching what they eat. Everybody right now, after Thanksgiving, to Christmas is getting a bunch of holiday parties at work, a bunch of cookie trays setting out everywhere. You're nibbling and you're putting on weight and you're like, man, I can't wait till the holidays are over so I can just start losing weight. January 1st comes and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to start working out. Let me tell you, part of that process of working out should be utilizing HelloFresh because they have tons of options for pre-portioned ingredients and calorie limited ingredients and vegetarian and vegan The healthiest options you possibly could have in ingredients are right there with HelloFresh waiting for you. And I'm one that speaks from experience. I've been using HelloFresh for years now. I absolutely love it. I've lost about 500 pounds. It's been absolutely great. Now, I haven't lost 500 pounds, but I did lose a lot of weight. When I stopped driving truck, I was 217 pounds. Now I'm about 185. And that was right around the time I started using HelloFresh. So listen. I speak from experience. It tastes delicious. You're always going to be wanting more and they have a lot of options for you to be healthy in the process. If this sounds appealing to you, go to hellofresh.com slash confessionals free and use code confessionals free for free breakfast for life. That's unheard of. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash confessionals free with code confessionals free. Go check it out today. This is where we are now. The question is, uh, why are fallen angels uh, and probably even Nephilim creating more Nephilim in today's world? Uh, we- Satan's
1: out number two to one, Chuck Messler. Satan's out number two to one. He's building an army. It's exactly what this is, and the army—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like the Lord of the Rings in some ways. I mean, it really is. The the hybrids are like the Urukai, okay. On, on some level. Um, and then you've got the cave trolls, which are Bigfoot. And and you'll notice that the Sasquatch sightings have gone through the roof. Yeah. Gone through the roof. They're just, they're everywhere. They're procreating and they're coming closer and closer to human activity. And you don't want to mess with these guys. These are not, you know, um, some throwback to Neanderthal or some, you know, skunk ape that. These are, these are one of the tools that the enemy will use in the latter days. This, these are, in my opinion, the therion, the beasts of the earth that we read about in the book of Revelation. These are the beasts of the earth, therion, which come and destroy mankind. Remember, these, these entities, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, they can materialize, dematerialize. They, can, they have power over human beings. They can make you stop in your tracks. You'll feel like you're stuck in molasses, UFO brain fog. They they move with such agility, and they're really strong. You turn one of these things loose in a town, and the carnage would be unspeakable, especially if you have two or three of them.
0: Do you think that uh, we're approaching a time where – We are going to start seeing these creatures, Dogman, Bigfoot, these monsters, um, you know, unleashed on the open public.
1: Yeah, it'll happen eventually because the Bible tells us it will. The beasts of the earth, the Dogman and the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot, will be released. They will be. They'll be released. But they can't do it yet. But we know that they are are legalists. and in my opinion, if you want to research that and you want to go out in the woods, um, you got to be real careful. First of all, you got to be sure you're being called to it. Second of all, you can't have any open doors at all. Um, you can't leave a toehold for the enemy. He's a legalist. So if a person, let's say, is uh, Bigfoot hunting and, you know, come back that night and they get drunk, that's an open door. And that's when bad things happen. Really bad things can happen, mm-hmm. including the loss of your life.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, we have a common, well, uh, he passed away recently, Scott Carpenter. Um, uh, ironically, I moved to the same town he lived in and I didn't even know he lived in the same town until I got there. Wow. Okay. Um, but uh, he, he, I know he was on with you uh I think it was this year. At some point, uh, he filmed with you about his portal that he filmed. Um, yep, and that I mean yep. th- that was for me. It takes theory and the ideas that you you think of. Like for me, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to people's experiences. They they dump the, what they what they've been through on my table, and you do this for a long enough period of time, and you start generating theories and thoughts on how this stuff might operate. And, um, then taking what you start leaning towards, which is a lot of this stuff is interdimensional. Uh, they, they appear physical, but they, they, they can transcend dimensions, all this stuff. When he had that footage that he captured, it took all that theory and put it right in front of my face and said, this is actually on track. Um, what this is, what you're doing. Exactly. now he was out there doing you know research, but we both know that he didn't have those those um what would you say? how'd you say open doors, uh, the 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 footholds that, like like he was very serious about his faith, very open him, and I had great conversation here in studio when he was here. Um, do you think that in that instance, what he captured, do you think it was, it was something that was directed towards him or he just happened to accidentally capture something like that? He was being followed. Um, I,
1: I really don't want to get into what I really think here. Mm, okay, uh, it's not for public consumption. I have I have a theory on this. I actually told it to um, you know one on one with another very well known big Bigfoot researcher, very well known researcher who also knew Scott really well, and I just I just said this is what I think happened. I'll tell you when we're done the recording yep. of what I think it's not not something I want to bring into the public eye.
0: Yeah, say no more. That's fine. Uh because the reason why I bring it up is because of this interdimensional aspect with these with these beings and I think that what's happening is, and I have some things that I that I've been privy to recently that I'll be dropping soon and I'll talk to you about it off air uh but I think that there's a whole operation going on in this other realm. And I don't think people, they don't, they do not comprehend the complexity of Satan's operation that's going on here. They just think demons, Satan, Adam and Eve, Jesus, God, humans, that's it. And it's like, it's a (laughs) very complex operation and there's a lot of moving pieces. And uh, I I think that we operate, even the people who look into this stuff, like you and I, or the people who listen to the show. We operate in a way where we we don't always acknowledge how deep this topic is uh and it it's hard to verbalize that, especially to people who are not on the same track as you uh I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that too, where you know you're, you're talking to people and they're Christians, and all of a sudden they're like, "So what are you doing?" like, "Oh, how much time do you have <laughs> you <know? laughs> so um as far as the cattle mutilations though, go, though, uh, is this something that you think is going to also happen more as we draw closer towards end times? Because because Satan is creating this army,
1: absolutely. And you know, it's funny how um, what was it in the spring there was a rash of cattle mutilations in Texas, which went national. You know why why now they bringing it back into the public eye? But it it went, you know, it was in all the papers and all media, six cattle, you know, sex organs cut out, tongues cut out, very grisly, very disgusting. And of course, by this time, we had already filmed, but we, we didn't come out with the film. I got to tell you something, Tony. Um, you know, we've done, I've done a lot of filming. You know, I'm a filmmaker. And my business partner is down here and we're, trying to get number seven and eight out in the UFO films. And that was he just came through the door and realized, oh, not yet. <laughs> but um, so, you know, Gil Zimmerman and I are working on these films. And when Gil and I shot the footage uh, for the mutilation film, I'm figuring, well, we'll have this out in a month. No worries. So three months go by and I'm still slaving over it. Like I said, it was the darkest film I've ever worked on, the most difficult film I've ever worked on. I would... Work on it for maybe an hour or two. Walk out of the studio into the sunlight and go. I, I gotta, I gotta,
2: I gotta get out
1: of here. I, I gotta get out of here. You know, I I can't do this anymore. And um, it's just really dark, ominous because it's it's looking at the plan of the enemy and realizing how comp, like you said, how complex it is, how multifaceted it is. How he's been planning this for, for decades, for decades, perhaps hundreds of years. We don't know. I would say it goes back even before Darwinism. And Darwinism is part of the key here that the enemy will use for the coming great deception. But the cattle mutilations are used in the breeding program. There's no, there's no doubt anymore in my mind. That's what it's being used for. It's, it's part of the breeding program. And I'm, I watched your body language when I, Gave you the punchline that they're creating artificial wombs. I have i had women, in at conferences, break down and just start crying because all of a sudden it took it took all these un, unanswered parts of the puzzle and just went and here's the picture. So every a lot of people have had different different you know parts of the puzzle, but no one put it together, and and it's not because we're so smart. It's because the Holy Spirit's leading us and step by step by step by step, you know, and showing what we're looking at. Uh, and he's the one that's uncovering it and connecting the dots. We're just, you know, we do, we're we just, we're along for the ride, essentially going, wow, this is what it might mean. Oh my gosh.
0: So Yeah. I, I, I and I, I say that basically the same thing, because I get people asking me with doing my show or the documentaries that we do, like... It, it, they they say, "Aren't you scared?" No, it's just full stop right there. Because if you're doing what you know you've been called to do by God, there's nothing to be fr- afraid of. You're you're and and there's there's a reason why I'm here and there's a wh- reason why I'm doing things. So there, there's nothing to be scared of because you are walking that path that's been laid before you. Now, if you deviate off that path, you probably got a lot to be <laughs> to be worried about. Uh, but it's it's very important to stay on the path that has been laid before you. Um, when it comes to the cattle mutilations, uh, have you in looking into the topic and stuff, I know you kind of briefly maybe hit on it and stuff a little bit, I, I think vaguely, but have you talked to anybody specifically that you can recall that maybe has seen, uh, it in action, like the, the cattle's being dropped off by something or seeing something scurry away from the scene of a cattle being, you know, mutilated or anything like that?
1: Um, yes and no. There are people that have seen lights in the sky. Um, it's done on the cover of darkness. Remember, these are fields in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. fourteen hundred acre ranch. I mean, it's like you know, you're not you're not out there with a set of binoculars going, okay, where's the UFO? So there there are people that have seen the the animals being sucked up into the ship. They're few and far between. Nothing. There's one I saw on film. Eh. And this is the problem where we are with c g i we don't know what to believe anymore. you just don't know what to believe you yeah. know they can create anything so now it's gone from researchers with a with a photograph twenty thirty years ago that okay, this is the real deal to who the heck knows anymore and this is the problem because everything is so obfuscated and can be tampered with what is the truth? what is the truth that's why we go out. We talked to the ranchers in the film. We talked to people that that have like like Rancher Miller, sixteen cows, and I asked him point blank. I said, on a scale of one to ten, what is the fear factor? He kind of shuffles a little bit and thinks, and I guess it's about an eight. Well, you know, you could say, well, it's really more like an eleven from your body language, but we'll go with eight because that's what you said. Circling back, because we're down to like a 10-minute a mark here, roughly. So we circle back. Um, the animal is mutilated, and the rancher's wife comes out with the kids, and they're freaked out. You know, oh, my gosh, how, what, what's happening? The veterinarian comes out. He's upset. He can't figure out what he's looking at. No animal tracks, no blood. Everything is done with surgical precision. What are we looking at here? The law enforcement guy comes out, he's freaked out because he's seen a couple of these before and there's no coyotes, there's no predators, it's like, eh, there's no satanic cult, you know, so now what is he looking at? He's freaked out. Finally, a local reporter, I left this one out deliberately because this is the punchline, the local reporter comes out uh, from a local newspaper, takes two or three photos of the Dead animal, interviews the rancher, writes up a story. That story is published. The calling card of the fallen one, of the dragon, of Satan is fear. The calling card of the kingdom of God is faith. Faith and fear are mutually exclusive. You can't walk, we can't walk in faith if we're afraid. We just can't. Which is why look to the Lord in his strength, look to the Lord in his strength. Because that's my strength. I I have none, but he has everything. You know, look to the Lord in his strength, because he is faithful. He will strengthen us, strengthen you, and protect you from the evil one. I mean, there it is, right there. You know, right right in Scripture for us. You know, look to the Lord in his strength, because I have no strength of my own. I just don't. Now, you know, granted, Joshua one uh, eight tells us that. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or um or discouraged because the Lord goes with you wherever you go. I get that. So be strong, you know, be courageous. But my strength comes from him. That end of story. You know, that's where my strength comes from, not from me. I can't generate that type of strength to just stand and do what I do. Just like, you know, you gotta be called into this before you get into this. So the calling card of, of the enemy's camp is fear. The rancher's afraid, the rancher's wife and children are afraid, the veterinarian's afraid. He's totally freaked yeah, out. The rancher's afraid. And now you've published this 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 article in the local paper. Fear, fear, fear. It just the whole thing just covers covers the land. It covers the land. It just permeates that county, that town, that township. Fear. And fear is the calling card of darkness, which is what the subtitle of the film is, the calling card of darkness. If these were benevolent space entities, why not just take the cow and drop it in the ocean? You've got the craft that can go zip-zip and be there in a couple of minutes. No, you deliberately, with great emphasis, drop that back into the farmer's field or place it in the farmer's field as if to say, guess what? This this will really freak you out, and it should, because we may come back and do it to you, or to one of your kids, or to more of your cows. There was um, on the UFO Hunter show years ago. There was one rancher that they showed. This guy was freaked out. He had lost like something like twenty five or thirty head of cattle. It might have even been more, but it was a lot of cows that he lost. And he was had it up to here. He was going to quit ranching and just leave. Couldn't couldn't handle it anymore, because you know you when you walk out there and a fifteen hundred pound bull is completely drained, of blood, no animal tracks, the flesh is carved up with surgical precision. You just kind of go whoa, you know. And that's this you know we show we show some of the pictures, we don't dwell on them, but I mean they're there because people need to see what it's like. Yeah, it's um it's very grisly, it's very upsetting, uh, very upsetting. There, again, there's no happy ending in this. So, the calling card of the kingdom of darkness is one of fear, and the cattle mutilations spread fear throughout the area where this is happening.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I forget who you referenced earlier in the conversation, but uh, you mentioned about somebody saying to you that they're dropping off the cattle to, you know, return the body, almost like they're doing you a favor, they're being kind. Um, that almost is like, very, it doesn't make sense in my mind because uh, these, we're talking about things that are so intelligent that at the very minimum, they have technology from this realm that they have, that they've built and far beyond, but more than likely other interdimensional and have the ability to transcend dimensions. So they're, they're highly intelligent, highly capable. And then you're dumbing them down to, to a point where they don't understand what they're doing is bad and they're trying to be nice by returning a body. It doesn't make sense. We're dealing with highly intelligent it's, beings that are so stupid to not understand what they're doing. Uh, in, in reality, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I think that the idea of fear, it's fear-based because they, you're right. I mean, if they're taking this away, so say they take the body of the cow and into their craft and they go, right? Because I mean, probably we'd hear more um, instances of a UFO or something hovering over a field while they do their work on the cow, then they drop it off, they stay right there. We hear more about that. So they're going somewhere, probably interdimensional. Uh, there's no need to bring the body back unless they are trying to induce fear because that's their fuel. And so I, I that's a that's a thought that I I have never I've never thought of and and never had anybody talk to me about. It. And that's it's a very interesting concept, and it makes a lot of sense as to why we even have the bodies to begin with, Um, Mm -hmm. they're they're working on things in other realms. They're creating things in other realms. Uh, It is upticking. I think that's probably, I think we are naturally inclined to say, okay, so why are there more Bigfoot sightings today than there were before? Our first gut instinct is, oh, technology. We see it more because of technology. It's on the internet and people have phones. But the reality is it might be because the army has been growing. Over time, and there's more of them than there were 200 years ago, and uh, exactly. And, and no, so, here, here we are uh, in 2023, and there is a whole army growing in another realm preparing to invade. And we're walking around very ignorant and stupid and not realizing what's happening. Uh, and if we would just open up that book and read it, it's, it, it tells us everything in there. And I think I appreciate a lot about what you do because, uh, you do take. Biblical references and shed light on a, in a, in a new way. Like, I mean, how many times do people read Genesis three fifteen and don't connect the dots? Seed versus seed. Uh, you know, it, it, it's something that I don't think people even consider, and and the 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 depths of the of the of the implications there. Um, and that's what you do. You you take these things and you you dive into it and you run with it. And I, I greatly appreciate it for as somebody who's consumed your your stuff for a, a, a long time, uh, I, I appreciate what you've been able to do for people like me, because it, it, you uh, and other people have been able to do things where you unlock our brains and allow us to start thinking differently, and, in a sense, building your own army. You know You're no longer the only person doing this. Uh, you have unlocked minds all around the world and allowing people to start thinking about things differently. And, and not only to understand what's coming, but also in, in a very interesting way with what we do, we allow people to unlock parts of their brains and it draws them closer to their creator in the process. And I think that's the ultimate goal, right?
1: Amen. I mean, we are in a battle. Um, this thing is ramping up in ways that I've never seen. And, you know, when we look at what's going on over in the Middle East right now, um, that's extremely uh, alarming, extremely alarming. All the players are there. So not a date setter. don't know how it's going to play out. But, you know, you you combine, if if we, from my perch, when you take the UFO phenomena being rolled out, which is being rolled out, you look at what's going on globally. With all the pressure and tension and the possible collapse of a dollar, the Ukraine Russian conflict going on, billions of dollars, the millions of people pouring across our southern border, the, you mentioned Philadelphia, you know, just needle parks everywhere, you know, heroin zombies walking in our cities, not all the cities, but many of the cities, and on and on it goes. We are looking at the collapse. The orchestrated collapse of Western civilization, as we know it, that's what we're looking at. It is the time of the end, in my opinion. So I leave you with this: if you don't know Jesus, now's the time to know him. How do you do that? You ask him in. You ask. You have. It's it's like vampire lore, even though he's not a vampire. Okay, but it's like that. There's a protocol. They just a vampire just can't come into your house. You've got to invite him in. We all know that. That's how it works, right? that's ours. Well, it's the same thing with Jesus. There's a protocol there because we have free will and we have to invite him in. We have You have to ask him in. And you, it's real simple. You just go, I believe that you, Jesus, were the one who was sent by the Father to die on Calvary for my sins, forgive my sins, come into my life and change it. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. That's it. That's the invitation that we say. You know, you don't have to do it in front of a bunch of people. I did it alone in in my, you know, in my room 43 years ago. Had no idea, but I had, was exhausted everything. I was like, okay, I'm gonna give this Jesus guy a chance here. That was forty-three years ago, and my life has never been the same and never will be. But that's the most important thing because then he will lead you to this, the guidebook of a supernatural, the Bible. And in these pages are everything we need to know about how to put on the armor of God, how to walk in faith and not in fear and all this other stuff. It's all in there. Genesis 3.15 is the gateway
0: to it. Mm, the gateway. Uh, that's L.A. Marzulli. I really appreciate you coming on the show again for Thanks, the third Tony. time. Uh, let's not make it another 200-episode stretch before you come back on. No, no, no. I'm going to get back on your—hey, the, the the Roswell stuff is
1: coming out. You're going to want me back on for that, trust that's me.
0: You have an open invitation anytime. Just reach out. Uh, that's LAMarzuli.net. Everybody, go ahead, check it out. All this stuff is right there. L.A., I appreciate you, sir.
1: Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you.
0: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. That's the best thing you could do to help the show grow. Share the freaking show. Thanks for showing up, guys. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but 1st it I'll piss you off. Bye.
2: And what is this gon' cost us, just another cost